Coming up on this episode of the Mad Dining Podcast, we are taking a headfirst dive into the Boston Celtics. A uh, lot, a lot of stuff to talk about with that team. Uh, they're kind of in shambles right now, so we're gonna we're gonna look we're gonna look over everything that's going on with the, within the organization and what I think the the uh, the heads of that organization need to do uh, moving forward. And then we wrap up the show with a little bit of uh, Patriots quarterback talk and who who I think. Uh, is is a good fit and who I think is a bad fit from the free agency market. But before we do all that, this podcast is brought to you by thegreatvimemedia.com. Make sure you guys go head over there. It's www.thegreatvimemedia.com. Stay up to date on everything there is uh, Grapevine, everything there is TMD, and all the other great podcasts we got on there. Um, subscribe to the email listing so you guys never miss a beat on everything that's going on over there. We we got a lot of anou- announcements coming uh soon so be sure to check that out and yeah i think i think that's it um we've got a lot of big blog stories actually coming out this week so make sure you guys go head over there and follow us on social um we we officially launched those it is grapevine media underscore so i'm twitter and instagram so make sure to head over there to get both of those uh those social medias toss them a follow and Hopefully, by the next episode, we have uh, the Facebook page up and running as well as another surprise social media. So be sure to stay tuned for that. So like I said, head over to thegreatvimemedia.com. Subscribe to the email listing all the way at the bottom. Go leave some comments on the blogs. Interact with us. Um, we, we know one you uh, you guys loved one of the uh, the most recent blog posts. Uh, so, so let us know what you thought about it. And... Um, yeah, I think that's enough plugging the grapevine. All right, let's get into it. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the TMD Podcast. You know... I'm going to address this for the first time in, I don't even know, what are we on, 60 episodes now? Um, the TMD podcast actually doesn't make sense. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm just now realizing this. 62 and a half years in, and we've just, I've constantly said the TMD podcast, but it's the Matt Donahue podcast. So really what I'm saying is the, the Matt Donahue podcast. Um, so shame on me. From here on out, I'm going to refer to it as the Matt Donnie Podcast or TMD Podcast, not the TMD Podcast. So, yeah, I, I just now realized that as I as I said that. So I'm I've been, I'm an idiot. I'll, I'll just come out and say it. But um, we got a little bit of podcast news that I just want to talk about uh, other than the fact that we're no longer saying the TMD Podcast. So this past week... Um, yeah, I did it this past week. I switched over from um, our friends at Anchor. So um, I'm not completely done. You know, the Grapevine Media still uses Anchor. They're a great uh, source to uh, start your own podcast. I highly recommend. But due to the um, the recent success of the TNT Podcast and just how, uh, how great you guys have been um, as listeners and helping me grow, um, I figured it was time to actually move off from... Uh, take the training wheels off and move to a, an actual podcast site. So I moved over to Podbean. Um, it's one of the one of the most well-known uh, podcast hosting sites. Uh, they're great. Um, they've been around forever. So if you guys, I don't know if any of you listen to your podcasts through Podbean, but um, make sure to search up the Matt Donnie podcast on Podbean because uh, that that is where we are officially now. Um, our show's are no longer on Anchor. All of our old shows are still on Anchor. But um, what I do want to touch upon is from the switchover, um, and I guess this really doesn't apply to anybody unless you, I, I don't know, it doesn't really apply to anybody if you're listening to this now, but in case people you know listen to it and they, they question you about it, maybe they will, I don't know. Um, in During the switchover, we went from the podcast being everywhere, so you can still obviously listen to all prior podcasts before this uh on apple Podcasts, but if you listen to it on spotify you will notice that the spotify page uh has disappeared i'm not really sure why i'm still trying to get to the bottom of it um but during the switchover i guess my 
podcast was taken off Spotify and it has to be re uh, uploaded to Spotify. So I'm working on that. So just if you listen to it on Spotify before um, and you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts or you prefer Spotify, um, that's what's going on in, in that world. Um, it was because I switched over. So I, I'm working on getting it back. Um, there's no promises. It might have, we might be starting fresh over with this being the first episode on Spotify. I'm not really sure. We'll see how it goes. Um, but that's, that's the deal with that. I don't know what happened. Um, maybe we're going to have to put the training wheels back on because maybe I'm not ready for uh, the professional podcasting. I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, either way, all that aside, you guys are listening now, so let's get into it. We got the Boston Celtics. I don't know what's going on. Um, all I know is I've watched their last like five games. They just look awful. Um, and I know in their last five games, they're like, what are they? Uh, no, well, last 10 games, they're three and seven. So you can imagine what they are in the last five. Uh, they've only won like two, I think in the last five. So it's just, it's not looking, it's just not looking good for this team. Um, I saw a crazy stat where it was like the Celtics have had or tried 14 different starting lineups, something ridiculous like that. And a big factor into that is that they, I think, I'm going out of limb here. I'm not really sure. But I'm almost positive they're, like, the only team who, like, hasn't fully played with their entire lineup, like, one game this entire season. Like, someone's been injured. Someone's been on the COVID list. Someone's been sick. Like, it just seems like every game they, they, they have not played with, if, like, if they were to go into the playoffs, Right now, and everybody was healthy. Their starting lineup that for that healthy squad hasn't played yet. Like the, those that the main core guys in the Boston Celtics still haven't played yet. Regardless, though, that should not be the determining factor in winning and losing uh, games. It should be a big factor because they're. When I make that statement, they're clearly missing you know like some key pieces. Like they're missing Marcus Smart, and it's just it's so noticeable because they are so awful on defense. Um, and we'll get into that in a few seconds, but I want to touch upon this because, you know, we live in a day and age right now where it's like one thing goes wrong and it's like, fire the coach, fire the GM, slow your roll. Okay. Um, I'm all for what, when a coach stinks, I'm all for it. I'm all for getting on them. Uh, I'll, I'll always get on Brad. Like I will never have Brad Stevens back on that, that heat series because it was on Brad Stevens. You know what I mean? Like they, uh, in the bubble, they didn't know how to break a two-three zone. They just couldn't do it, um, and that was that's on Brad Stevens. This, this though, the start to this season is not on Brad Stevens. Um, like I just said, their roster has been in shambles since the start of the season. They're playing through COVID. They got guys like they lost like half their team. Uh, they lost their their stud rookie Peyton Pritchard for like three weeks. Now they lose. Marcus Smart. They didn't have Kemba to start the season. Like these aren't excuses, but like they're value, they're they're valid reasons as to why a team would be struggling, um, and be five hundred with the with the talent they have on this this roster. Um, and I'm I'm also gonna go out on a limb here and say I was all for Jeff Teague. Uh, I, I thought he started off the season. He was great. I thought he was gonna be a great pickup. He has just stunk ever since. And I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that they're just so guard heavy. You know what I mean? Like they're you look at this this roster and like there's no in between. I've stressed this before on recent podcasts, but like I'm gonna say it again. There is no in between between like the big men and the guards. It goes like point guards, power forward, centers. That is the Boston Celtics with two, three. We'll get we'll throw green in there in length four. Four, two who of which who don't play. So you're really rocking with two Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, two or threes, whatever you want to call them, shooting guards or small forwards, whichever one you want to call them. There's only two of those that really play on the team. Like you, you can't win in the NBA with with only having those two, and those two are carrying the load. They're literally averaging 26. Jalen Brown's averaging 26, and Jason Tatum's averaging like 25.6. It's like they are the team. They have no other help. Looking at the stats, you got those two averaging 26 and 25.6. Then it's Kemba averaging 16 and Marcus Smart, who's injured. And Kemba Walker, who's also injured, averaging 
16 and 13, respectively. Then it's Daniel Tice with 9, Peyton Pritchard with 8, Tristan Thompson with 6, Robert Williams with 5.9, then Jeff Teague. But think about the, the, the guys I just said. You got point guard, Kemba Walker, point guard, Marcus Smart, point guard, Daniel Tice, center, Peyton Pritchard, point guard, Tristan Thompson, power forward slash center, Robert Williams, center, Jeff Teague, point guard, Sammy Ojale, power forward, Grant Williams, power forward, Carson Edwards, point guard, Javante Green, shooting guard, Aaron Neesmith, small forward. And they play, uh, where's the minutes tab here? Those two play like 10 minutes a game, maybe, if that. So your 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 first shooting guard small forward come are, are rocking 33 and 35 minutes. And then the next ones are maybe 10. Like in the M- in this NBA, the best players play those two positions. And they have no backups at that position. And when Marcus Smart is gone, defensively, they are just atrocious, this team. If if you have ever been a hater of Marcus Smart and say we should trade Marcus Smart, him not being on the court these past few weeks has just proven how valuable Marcus Smart is to a basketball team. This team is terrible on defense. They, they can't stop anybody. They they let um oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. This kid on the the Pistons destroy him. The rookie from Villanova. Seven for seven from three. We couldn't stop the guy. Dude averages like I don't even know. Seven points a game and he lit the Celtics up twice. This is the second time he's done it. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Now I gotta remember his name. Regardless though, he he torched the Celtics and the first time the the Celtics played the Pistons, he torched them then too. It's just this. It seems like it's the same story, and and I repeat, and I, I'll reiterate this again. This happened, um, or or I've been saying this now for a few weeks. The Celtics, they just they can't play defense. You know, what I mean, they're just not a good defensive team. It's Sadiq Bay. That's what it is. Sadiq Bay had thirty. The rookie had thirty because no one can play defense. And they lost to the Pistons. They lost to the 7-19 and 19 Pistons. And then they lost to the Wizards. Oh, man. This is just... Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's it's just hard to watch this, this team because it's... The defense is so non-existent. You stop the main scorer, the second scorer was up. They, they just can't stop... Players, they can't. When when people get get hot against the Celtics, they stay hot the entire game. They, and this is only because probably Marcus Smart isn't there. I bet you if Marcus Smart is uh, playing these last in that Detroit game, Sadiq Bay doesn't have thirty points. You know, like it's just it's so hard because this team should be top two in the East. Um, I don't think anybody would have been able to predict. Uh, the the start to the season the Philadelphia 76ers had but regardless they they it may be the Brooklyn Nets I'll give them that so they should be third they're fifth but the crazy thing about the Eastern Conferences and I'm going to keep saying this is I'm going to go through the first uh, 9 and 10 11 12 I'll go through the first 12 teams in the East you get the 76ers, 18 and 10, Milwaukee Bucks, 16 and 11, Brooklyn Nets, 17 and 12, Indiana Pacers, 14 and 14, Boston Celtics, 13 and 13, New York Knicks, 14 and 15, Charlotte Hornets, 13 and 15, Toronto Raptors, 12 and 15, Chicago Bulls, 11 and 15, Miami Heat, 11 and 16, Atlanta Hawks, 11 and 16, Orlando Magic, 10 and 18. This conference right now, in comparison to the West, is like so tight between the first 12 teams like in in the in the west we're looking at golden state is the, is the eighth seed at 15 and 13 oh god that puts them at least third in the east um but outside the point then the next team is the grizzlies at 11 and 11 like 
the the Eastern Conference is just if you lose, it's like detrimental. Like if you drop these games to the Pistons and you're dropping these games to the Wizards, it's detrimental because these like those losses are gonna count. And I said this last episode, and I'm gonna say it again. These losses are gonna add up in the long run. You know what I mean? Like now you have to beat the 76ers. Now you have to like you can't drop these games against the the teams that are actually good in the East. If you can't beat the teams that are terrible in the East, and you're projected to be they were projected to come out of the East this year. And they're at five sitting at five hundred. Letting Sadiq Bay drop thirty on them. It's just it's hard because defense if I can say one thing about Brad Stevens, it's that defensively his teams, other outside of Marcus Smart, the rest of his teams have always not been great defenders. Jalen Brown is the next best defender. Jalen Brown making the case for the best two-way player in the league this year, without a doubt. But not being able to stop dudes from going off against them is just killing this team. So let's, now I want to touch upon the whole Danny Ainge, Brad Stevens thing. And I, I touched upon it a little bit earlier, like, Slow the roll, okay? There's so many other things going into this this lackluster of a start other than just the coaching in, in the player movement. Um, but if I'm, if I'm going to sit here and call and put some pressure on somebody, it's not Brad Stevens. It's Danny Ainge. We're sitting on a boatload of money waiting for the perfect trade. Like, and I'm seeing rumors of, like, we're looking for Deion or uh Drummond we're looking for like big men we need to go after like I, I saw one and it was like Harrison Barnes perfect go after Harrison Barnes a solid offensive player and a solid defender like we don't need like a stud coming in here we we honestly I'd love to have Bradley Beal but the Celtics that's not what they need they don't need a Brad Beal they don't they really don't would it be great to get him yes it would be but they're not in dire need of them they're in dire need of better defense. You have the offensive talent in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You have the offensive talent there to win you basketball games. And who knows if Kemba Walker ever consistently plays well. I know he had 25 against the Wizards, the worst defense in the NBA. And I know the game before that, he was awful. So hopefully Kemba Walker can get back to being consistent. Um, I know his points per game has gone up like two over the past 10 games, but that says nothing because it was at like 14 when he was averaging like 25 last year. So, he's just Kemba Walker's not what he was. And but that's that's not the point. The point and the fact of the matter is that defensively, because there's no Marcus Smart, this team is struggling. Mightily struggling. It, I don't it's just there's nothing else to say. They need more of a defensive presence. They don't need more point guards. They don't, they don't need to trade away Jeff Teague for Rajon Rondo. Would that be great? Would I love that? Yeah. Do I think Rondo's a better point guard? Yeah. But we don't need that. That's not what the team needs. They don't need any more big men. They really don't. You need more twos and threes. You need someone that can check LeBron. You need someone that can check Brad Beal. You need someone that can check Sadiq Bey. Because if you take your primary, when your number one defensive player is out, which is the case right now, and Marcus Smart is out, so then you take your second best defensive player, Jalen Brown, and you put him on the other team's opposing best player, that just leaves opportunity for the, the second best scorer on the opposite team to go off, which has, we've seen time and time again happen to this team. is They can, they can stick Marcus Smart on the best defender, or the best offensive player on the opposite team. But it's stopping the second guy, or the third guy, or the fourth guy from going off. That's that's the problem with the Celtics, is outside of, it seems right now, outside of Marcus Smart, there's no defense. That's the, that's when you boil down to it, that's what it is. Their defense sucks. And they're not outscoring teams at like a crazy high pace, because they're just not that talented out offensively outside of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. The dudes combined for thir- like 60 points a game between the two of them. And then we're, we're, we're talking 40 points from the rest of the team. 
from the rest of the ten players that play. We're talking forty points. There's just there's no it they're, they're getting no help outside of that. And Kemba Walker is a shell of himself right now. He there's no confidence. Um, one game he goes off for twenty five, and the next game he goes one for twelve with two points. There's no consistency. So you can't win in this league with no consistency and no defense. And if you're you're banking on your two young superstars to outgun everybody, you ain't gonna win. So you you're not winning off on offense and you're not winning on defense. You're good offensively and you're trash on defense. So why don't you make some trades to to get better on defense instead of because you're good enough to win with the offensive talent you had. You've beaten good teams with the offensive talent you've had. You have right now. Where you're getting killed is that you have players that can't outscore the other team. Like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they're just not there yet. They can't outscore everybody else on the team. They're just not there yet. So you need defense to make up for it. You gotta get some better. You gotta get them some help on the defensive side, especially if Marcus Smart is out. And even so, when Marcus Smart comes back, you still need better defenders. It's it's just a it's a culmination of a lot of different, a lot of different aspects going on, and and the fact that like they don't even have like a consistent, like player roles. Like Jeff Teague is utterly useless right now. Peyton Pritchard has proved that he's already better than Jeff Teague. If I look at the both of them and I need one of them to come in the game and bring some some life and some energy, I'm taking Peyton Pritchard. I thought Jeff Teague was going to be great, but no one knew Peyton Pritchard was going to be as good as he's, as good as he's been. So, but again, this is another point guard you're bringing in. When Marcus Smart comes back, we're back to that same, okay, we got Kemba, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and a big man lineup. Two point guards, a 2-3 th- and a 4, or a 2-3 and a 5, instead of a 1-2-3-4-5 lineup, because they don't have enough pieces to do that. It's just... I don't know. It's it's a lot to it's it's hard because this this idea of this style of a team where you you have your two main guys are the, the two or three or the three a straight three or a straight two um and then you know you build around it but it's the supporting cast to to Tatum and Brown that have just not been consistent. Um, Tristan Thompson, I, people, for the life of me, I, I don't know what we expected when Tristan Thompson was brought on board, that he was going to be like a 20-10 and 10 guy. Tristan Thompson is exactly what everybody thought he was going to be when he was brought on to this, uh, this roster. He was going to be a void in helping us attain rebounds. Um, and anything else past that is, is a plus in my eyes. Um, the dude is averaging eight rebounds a game, and he's averaging six. He's averaging six and eight. That six points out of him. Honestly, I was I was I was heading into this take saying that that's fine. Um, and now looking at it, he plays twenty two minutes. I, it's not even terrible. Not even gonna say it's terrible. Um, because then you look at like Daniel Tice is averaging nine and five. So it's like, ah, you know, he's he's not really. Tice is just, I think personally, Tristan Thompson is more impactful than Daniel Tice's. Uh, when I watch the games, that's just that's just what I get is that he's more impactful in what he brings to the team. He's a he's a rebounding presence. Um, how many offensive rebounds is he averaging? I can't tell. Oh no, yeah, I can right there. Tristan Thompson is averaging like three offensive rebounds a game. Nothing crazy, but it's better than Daniel Tice, who's averaging point zero five. Or no, one point three. Sorry, that was Peyton Pritchard. So what I'm getting at is you're Danny Ainge, you are set in the point guard and in the center department. You don't need any more. We're good there. 
look out, look out. You got enough money where you can either get a three or four type guy, more on the, on the the guard side, and who's a solid defender, or you can try and get some some solid two guard defenders like Malcolm Brogdon, or, or those type of guys where it's like they can come off the bench. They're gonna provide a defensive presence and they're gonna provide valuable minutes like Tristan Thompson. Because Jeff Teague ain't cutting it. I love Grant Williams, but he's just so much of a jackknife that he can do whatever that it's almost it, it's not great because he's he's not that great at like he's not amazing at anything. He's just like good at like I don't even want to say good. He's like he's average at everything. You, you you don't need this is not a league anymore where you need five centers. You don't need that in this league. If anything, you need more guard forwards. That is the type of league we're in. So do you need two or three dominant big men who can rebound? Yeah, but we don't need five of them. Just like we don't need five point guards. The thing about it in 2K, when you're creating a team and they give you the charts, it's like of the minutes played per position. If this were the Boston Celtics right now, your point guard minutes and your center and power forward minutes are through the roof and your shooting guard and small forward position are like nothing. Like that's the that's what the, the bar chart is looking like right now. Um I I think that that's the issue is that like they're they're getting torched by people by guard forwards and they're not getting torched by like point guards they're not getting torched by big men they're getting po- torched in the area where they struggle the least and I think that if I'm Danny Ainge that's where you need to go spend your money you need to make up for the void you have at that that position by getting rid of some of your extra assets that you don't need. You need to look at this roster and be like, all right, who do we really need? There's just there's a lot of different things um, at play with this. There's a lot of things you can do with this roster. Um, are you going to have to give up a starter probably to get someone decent? Yeah. But you don't, you can, everybody else in my eyes is fair game besides the really young talent. That, that you have. Um, and the promising players. Like, I, I think, and I, Kemba Walker's been a shell of himself. Like, we keep it real on, on this podcast. It, it, it's the, the facts. He, and I get it. He's he's Brad Stevens' guy. He's Danny Ainge's guy. But at some point, if we're still talking about this same narrative, that he can't get it together in 20 games from now, you gotta make a move. He's the number. He's the highest paid player on your team, and he is not performing at the highest level. He's not even close to performing at that level. Not even close to being performing at the highest paid level of the team. He he he's not. He's he's not providing any value. He's just a body in there. He's not that great of a defender. He's actually probably a defensive liability. Much as Isaiah Thomas was when he was on this thing, but Isaiah Thomas made for it up, made up for it on the offensive end. That team was built with great defenders at the two and three position, and the four. This team is not built like that. They're like in a weird shift right now where they're they're moving more away from defense and they're they're trying to cater to the offense, and right now it's butting them in the ass because their top their their number. Or first team all defense guy is out, and they had there's there's no defense being played. So that's what I would do if I'm Danny Ainge. Um, obviously, it's not all, and it's not all on just making moves. I think Brad Stevens does have to come up with a better defensive scheme. Um, I, I I can understand why there's been 14 different starting uh, rosters for this team because there's no there's no solution. You have to keep just rotating the players and hoping for the best lineup to appear and it's just not working there's there's no in is there no continuity on the team i don't know i'm not the coach but from an outsider's perspective looking in there's just a lot of things that need to happen for this team to even 
be considered to be competing for the finals. At the beginning of the year, I felt very confident about this team, but as they've gone on, as the injuries have occurred, as the the COVID forced sit out games have have happened, it just it's looking like bleaker and bleaker for this team because they just can't get over this hurdle of are you going to be a team where you're like the Brooklyn Nets, where you're just going to try and outscore everybody? You can't be that team. You don't have the you don't have the offensive star power for that. Uh, on paper, you should, but you're only two thirds of the way there because your your third guy, Kemba Walker, he's not he's not providing that offensive value. So so that aspect of trying to win is gone. So now you got to revert to your defense. Okay, now your number one defender is out for the foreseeable future. I think he should probably be coming back within the next week here but who knows so where like what is the angle of approach to try and win games like what is gonna what is what defines this team because you can't say they're they're the most well-rounded team because they're not they're missing two valuable positions in the shooting guard and small forward position so where 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 do you put it I, i don't know um then Danny Ainge, um, if he doesn't make a move, then maybe I'll be... If if he sits on this money, and there's no way he does. But if he does, for some odd reason, and he doesn't make any moves for the season, and we sit with this team, I would call for his head. Because it is a business at the end of the day. You have to do what's right for the team and... You can't sit on this roster and, and hope that it gets better. Um, in the in this league, you just can't do that. Um, you need to make moves. It's it's a win now situation. Um, with this team, it's not a win now situation with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You got those guys locked up for the next five years. But if you're trying to, if if you're looking at this roster, Tristan Thompson's not getting any younger. Kemba Walker clearly is not getting any younger. But you, you just signed both of those guys combined are making um, a pretty decent amount of this team's cap space. You, you got you to gotta try and put a team together here that's going to advance to the finals. And, and you got the groundwork here, but they're just not producing. So clearly something needs to be shaken up. You got to make a move. Um, it it does suck because like like I said, Jalen Brown is having the best year of his entire career, and it's just being overlooked because this team is five hundred when they should easily be. They could easily this team could easily, 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 easily be the best team in the Eastern Conference. Easily, but they just suck on defense. The inconsistency outside of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is crazy. Going into every game, you can you're guaranteed one thing from the Celtics. Even if it's the fourth quarter and Jason Tatum has two points, that man is gonna finish with at least fifteen. At least. And that's a terrible game for Jason Tatum. But that's a good that's a good game for, for Kemba Walker. That's where we're at. Is our third guy who should be getting twenty points. We're we're talking him getting fifteen is 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 a, a good game. The guy who was in the All-Star game last year in the crucial minutes, we're talking him getting 15 points is a good game. That's, it, it's stuff like that. Where, 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 where we're just so inconsistent in the confidence of, of your supposed leader in Kemba Walker is so shattered. And then on top of that, it's just like a freaking layered cake. The next layer, or we're throwing on top, the defense sucks. The next layer, your best defensive player is out. There's there's no recipe for winning here when you look at this roster, um, which sucks. And, and when they do win, it's it's not like blowout games. You know, what I mean, it's like they're not like winning decisively. You know, what I mean, like it is a fourteen point win a decisive win over the Raptors. It's a ten point win, I guess. Um, I wouldn't call it decisive. Like I, I'm looking at it. The last time they beat a team by more than fifteen points was when they beat Chicago on January twenty fifth. 
And they won by 16. They haven't won by more than 15 points since then. I don't know. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to, to think about. Um, but I, th I think that ultimately this team needs a shakeup. Um, it's Danny Inch is not known for doing, for making shake shakeups mid season. Um, but if you want hope with this team, that's what you have to do. Uh, this, it, it calls for it. Um, you look at their roster They've played two. They've played two title contenders so far, and they're they're sitting at five hundred. That ain't that ain't a winning recipe. Three, sorry, they played the Lakers. Three title contenders, and they're they're one and two in those games. I don't know. It's 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 a little frightening because. After that Los Angeles Lakers game, I was like, okay, this gives me a lot of hope. And then since that LA game, we've gone win, loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss, loss. You know what I mean? It's not, it's just not. I'm definitely not where I was after that Los Angeles Lakers loss. Because Ken Walker still is, hasn't really been more consistent. What was that? As eight games ago, Ken Walker, the consistency is still not there. There's just there's a lot going on here. Um, I, I'm no GM here, but I, I think the best thing to uh, to do is shake it up. You got to make some trades here. You got the money. You got the cash space to do it. Uh, you got the trade whole trade dilemma with, with Gordon Hayward. You have the money to get, bring someone in, bring – two players in to really help this roster, um, you got to do it. All right. Before we move on, um, I'm not going to – I'm just going to do a little bit of Patriots talk. We're going to keep it uh, New England sports this episode. We're not going to broaden out. Um, talk a little bit of Patriots football, close the show. We're, we're, we ran a kind of kind of far with that Celtics talk. Before we get into the Patriots football talk, um, this I want to – Give a shout out to our friends over at Julian or Julian Edmund J Eleven. Like I know it's the off season, but I don't know how many times I can stress this. J Eleven still comes out with fire merch even in the off season. So make sure you guys head over to jeleven.com. I'm wearing my J Eleven joggers right now. Um, I I I can't get over how great they are. Um, it's it's freezing outside. My walls they they're not really good. Uh. With the whole heat thing, you know, I, the, the thing that walls are supposed to do, you know, keep heat heat in, not let cold air in. Well, they're not that good. And uh, J11, J11 pants are perfect for that. So make sure to head over to J11.com. Get your get your J11 gear before next Patriots season. You want to get it now, so it's, it's cheaper, it, it's better before the Patriots win the Super Bowl next year, and then and the, the prices go up and all that nonsense. Go get it now. Uh, get it for the summer. Get your T-shirts for the summer. And be sure to use code TMD20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Again, head over to J11.com, code TMD20 at checkout. All right. A little bit of Patriots stock. Here we go. All right, we're going to keep it um, pretty simple. Um when we're talking about the the Pats here, uh, we're we're only going to talk about one position. Uh, we're going to talk about the quarterback position here, um, because I I we, I've seen a lot of different reports this past week. Um, I saw a report that it was like the Patriots have their quarterback of the future. Then I saw like a day later they're looking to sign like a veteran, uh, an experienced veteran because they want to win now. The only experienced veterans that I can think right now that like trying to get to help you win now is like Jimmy Garoppolo, like Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, like but then like a report came out a day ago, the day before that saying they had their quarterback. So maybe this is just like a bunch of Belichick mind tricks, a lot of deception coming out of the Patriots organization saying they're not going to draft a rookie QB, then they go and draft a rookie QB with their first pick. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do like to um speculate. So let's let's just get into this and just let's 
let's just talk it through. Um, the quarterbacks out there um, and the ones that I think are actual fits for the Patriots. Let's kick it off with, with our boy Stidham. Um, do I think Stidham deserved more PT this year? Probably, in hindsight. Um, I think when the season was over, um, Belichick not playing Stidham, I think that that spoke volumes to where Belichick's at with Stidham and him being the QB of the future, honestly. Because I just, if the season's over, in this, the reports are saying uh, that Stidham is supposedly the guy of the future, why wouldn't you play him? Uh, I think that that's a little fishy. So, and usually Belichick sticks to what he says, um, but sometimes he doesn't. So, I think it's a little odd that Stidham wasn't getting that much burned towards the end of the season. Uh, he was definitely getting like a, more than he was the years prior, but seasons weren't over in that case. So, it, it is a little bit different. Um, I, I like Stidham. I think he, he shows good poise. Um, I think he's accurate, which is something we can't say for Cam Newton. I think he has a good arm. Uh, he's young. He's been in the system a while. He's, he's, it's just hard for me to say he understands the system that well because of the lack of like repetitions he's gotten in it. So other than just practice, but he definitely will understand it the most, um, so I don't I'm not I don't hate the idea. I just until I see it, it's gonna be hard for me to believe that Stidham can take a team to where the Patriots should be, you know? Uh but I'm not gonna sit here and doubt him because I don't know. I, I I'm speaking from experience. I've only seen him play a limited number of snaps. So it's it's hard for me to be like, yeah, Stidham's our guy to take us back to the Super Bowl. I, I'm not going to say that because I actually I don't know that. I haven't seen him play enough. Um, I've seen him play live, and it ended up in a pick six against the Jets. So, like, it's hard for me to just be like, yeah, he's our guy to take us to the Super Bowl. Uh, is there any guy in the market that's going to be the guy to come in and help this team win and take him to the Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know. Uh, would be interesting to f- speculate though so let's let's just dive into a little bit of the free agency market here um and who i think is again is going to be the best fit uh if if we are to to go in a different direction from Stedham. first on the list jimmy g this one's interesting to me um would it be the ultimate f you to tom brady um, and really drive this stupid-ass narrative of Brady versus Belichick if Jimmy G came back and the Patriots won a Super Bowl next year? Yes, and I'm going to go on record and say that. Uh, I believe that if that happens, that's like the ultimate like gotcha uh, to Tom Brady. Maybe not because Brady won a Super Bowl this year, but do I think Belichick would bring Jimmy G back to do that? No. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer that Belichick could give two shits about his ego um, and he's just strictly about winning uh, Super Bowls. I don't think he has ever cared about. If he, if the man cared about his ego, he wouldn't be dressed. He wouldn't be wearing cut off sleeves and looking like uh, the Emperor from Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't buy into that narrative. So, but I do buy into Belichick. He liked Jimmy G. Uh, Jimmy G. Did go to a Super Bowl since he's left New England. He's clearly he's gotten better. Um, he knows the Patriots system. He did torch. Uh, he did beat the Patriots. I'm not gonna say torch the Patriots this past year, but um, he's a good quarterback. He's a he's a, he's a decent quarterback. Uh, he's got a better arm than Cam Newton. Maybe not a better scrambler. Probably more. Actually, definitely not more injury prone. But he's he's more he's more in tune. So I think looking at the list, he's probably the most. Like if the if he if he's available, he's like I look at this list and he's probably the one that jumps out to me the most just because we know Belichick wanted to keep him. We wanted to trade Brady a few years ago, so um, uh, maybe I'll I'll put him I'll put him maybe next to Jimmy G. Um, next on the list is a re-signing of Cam Newton. It would be tough. Um. But I do cut Cam some slack because he 
before he the whole COVID thing, he he did look good. Um, his arm never looked good. I'll admit that, but he looked decent. Um, he had a, personally him like rushing the ball. He was, I think he was like the one of the best quarterback. I think he was the best in terms of rushing touchdowns. I could be wrong on that, but I think he was like the best in the league on it. Um, but he's just. I think he's lost that quarterback touch. You know, like, I think like I think he's lost what it means to be a quarterback. And I know people are like, well, he's an established veteran. He's gone to the Super Bowl. He understands the offense a little bit better going into this year. I get that. Um, but it's just like that QB feel to him. It's just I feel like he's like he's it's not there anymore. You know what I mean? I feel like his presence of the pocket collapsing on him. It's not there. Um the decision making, it's just like a little too slow and it, it, it hurts his throw sometimes. Um it, I, But don't get me wrong, he's by far the best running quarterback on the the market right now. He he's probably like he's a tank. The dude sheds tackles better than Sony Michelle does. But I think there's a line where it's it, it didn't work this year. Um, we saw him, and I hate to, I hate to use this, this comment because it's, it's, I'm not a believer in like always putting the game on one play, uh, and winning it or losing it in one play, but three times this year, um, there were games where maybe they weren't surefire wins, but like if Cam Newton makes a different decision, there's at least a chance to win the game. Uh, and, and you're in a way better position to win the game. You think back to the Seattle Seahawks game. You think back to the Denver Broncos game. Then the uh, the Bills game at, at Buffalo. Like there's There were a lot of chances to, to win. Um, and the major plays that stick out in my mind were all by was Cam Newton's decision-making. Uh, the the run and the fumble in Buffalo, uh, the the la- the pass that was like ten yards behind Nikhil Harry, which was a clear and obvious interception on like a driving, on a good drive, and then uh, obviously the rush to uh, where he didn't get in against Seattle it was tough. So, but I could see I could see Cam Newton coming back honestly. Um, I think Belichick really likes him, so I'm going to put a maybe there, too. Uh, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. I think these two are one and the same when I look at them um, in terms of the value they bring to the the Patriots. Obviously, we know um, they're great quarterbacks. Um, I don't – I'm just going to – obviously, I'd want both of them. Um, but I'm not going to go out on a limb and say they're like the, like they're the answer. You know what I mean? Like just because we got them, we're, we're going to win a Super Bowl. I don't believe that. Um, I think there's so many other things with this Patriots roster that, that need fixing that you got to take into account. You know, you gotta, you gotta acknowledge the fact that your running game, it's was the best part and it wasn't even like that great all year your receiving was not good and you got no tight end you have to acknowledge these things if you're going to try and build up the offense especially if you go and get Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson because those guys are great they face the facts they've had great receivers most of their careers Deshaun Watson didn't have great receivers this past year and still was a baller so a little bit more hope on his end but Russell Wilson has had a great receivers for most of his entire career so that's what hesitates me where it's like yeah do would they like they're not the answer you know what I mean? like it's not like they're not tom brady tom brady could go to the playoffs with that receiving court he did it the in 2019 is he gonna win a super bowl probably not because that receiving court is just not good enough you know what i mean so and that's no shot of my boy j11 because that dude's a hall of famer First ballot Hall of Famer in my book, um, but yeah, you know, I just, I don't, I don't see this receiving core like you have to build it up. You know, what I mean, has to be better 
if you want to attract uh, good quarterbacks. Last on the list, Fitzmagic. I see this signing as a we believe in Jared Stidham signing. If they get Fitzmagic, that's what I see it as. Um, I see a lot of testing with Jared Stidham over this next season if they sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick has clearly shown that he, um, although he doesn't like it, but this is probably what he's going to be for the rest of his career. He's going to be a guy. He's going to be that transition guy. Um, where like your, your reps are, they're going to be high at the start of the season because you're clearly probably the better quarterback, but we have a younger guy and we're going to transition him in. That seems to me like it could be his his role uh, moving forward. So I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a no, a not likely an NL against Russ and uh, Watson because I, I don't believe that they go to the Patriots. And then I'm gonna put a maybe an MB, but not no. I'm gonna put a maybe actually just next to Fitzpatrick because that that acronym was getting a little too crazy. Um. I'm going to put it maybe next to Fitzpatrick. I think it would be an interesting one, and I think it fits the the narrative of, yeah, we're looking for a veteran quarterback. Uh, he's clearly a veteran quarterback and uh, someone that can show uh, Stidham the ropes. So that, that's all I'm going to cover right now for the Patriots. Um, obviously, we we got a whole offseason to go. we got a lot of things a lot of things happening this, this offseason. So with that being said, be sure to go head over to um, – this is the last – time i'm gonna like plug something um be sure to go head over to the uh the leatherheads fantasy football podcast because that's where we are going to be covering most of our uh nfl stuff so make sure to head over there um to stay up to date um obviously you can stay up to date uh with patriot stuff through the tmd podcast but outside of the patriot stuff um leatherheads is where you want to be so uh, that's all i got for today um it's getting late this this time of recording uh my eyes are starting to like dwindle my mouth is getting really dry so i'm just sh- i think i'm gonna cut it off uh 52 minutes this is actually this is about average um i just started really late today so with all that being said, be sure to head over to thegreatbymedia.com. Check out the blog posts. Um, got a lot of stuff going on. Got a lot of stuff coming in the future, which I'm excited to talk about too. Uh, so, yeah, stay tuned. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Peace. Peace.